The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. The BS Report. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. Welcome to the BS Report, taping this on a Wednesday morning here in Southern California. We have Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders coming up a little bit later to talk about all the advanced metrics angles of Super Bowl 49. But right now, the gambling angles with our pals, Cousin Sal. Uh, Super Bowl props. We love this podcast. I love it. It's like I, I printed them out uh, the other day, and it's like, uh, the, like the Cheesecake Factory menu. You just There's so much to choose from. I'm, I'm, I, not to give you a terrible visual, but... Uh, you know, I spend a lot more time in the bathroom now, just uh, just studying these things. That was a terrible visual. Yeah, and, sorry. And I like it tied back into the Cheesecake Factory, too, which I thought was, <laughs> right. was effective by you. Um, well, as always with Super Bowl props, you almost have to have a strategy for how you feel like the game's going to go. Mm-hmm. And then you bet accordingly. So how do you think this game's going to go? Um, I, you know what? I, I agree with you. I, I do think usually, just like in the March Madness tournament, you, you, you bracket out, bracket them all out, and then bet how you want to, you know, who's going to win the region, who's going to win this, how many games, which, which conference is going to win. But, but I'm just going to base it, most of these on how these games have gone, really. Mm. Like, uh, I think because, cause look, we could yell and scream about who we think is going to win, but it'd be hard to argue that these two teams met ten times it wouldn't be 5-5 five, five or 6-4 one way or another. So I, that's at least my feeling. And, and if, if not that, that this game will probably come down to who has the ball with six minutes left in the, in the fourth quarter. So that said, I'm hitting it from a different angle. I like things that traditionally win in the Super Bowl. And like three straight scores. I think this is one of Vegas's hidden gems. Um, the conference championships had will either team score three times in a row. doesn't matter which one. And uh you know, it happened in both conference championship games, happened in the uh, NCAA title game, and it's happened five of the last six years in the Super Bowl. It's a little heavy on the VIG, minus 165, but I like one team or the other to score three straight times. You could win this game by the second quarter. Interesting. Do you think yeah. the over is too high? Yeah, I, I do a little bit. I, I think it's like 24-20, 26-20, somewhere in there. Yeah, but it, it just... It's hard for me to believe Seattle's going to score like 30 points. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. You look at the games the Pats have played against against the good teams, like, for instance, Green Bay, Pats, November 30th. Green Bay won 26-21. to 21. They beat San right. Diego 23-14. to 14. I mean, if they're going to blow them out, then, yeah, they, they're going to hit the over. But if it's one of those typical, like the Jets game in Week 16 was 17-16, Mm-hmm. Those are the type of games that Seattle plays. Yeah. And and then you look over at uh hold on, I'm just queuing up Seattle's schedule. So, you know, last week or two weeks ago I guess, uh that score was twenty eight twenty two, but it went into O T. Right. Week before was thirty one seventeen Carolina, but then you look at their end of the season, nineteen to three, nineteen to three, twenty four to fourteen, seventeen to seven, thirty five six, twenty to six. Yeah. Kansas City game was twenty four to twenty one. Like, I thought that over or under was going to be like forty four. Yeah, I thought it should have been a little lower. But do you think they just add a Super Bowl bonus three four points to the over under without telling anybody? Because because it does make sense. And look at the Patriots. Typically in this game, they score twenty one. They score twenty four. You know, yeah. they, they don't they don't they, they don't score forty plus in defenses that maybe they should against. You know, but uh, well, you so you think they because. 
the average gambler just likes betting the over. Betting the under is not fun. Definitely, average gambler likes the the favorite and the over. In this case, there's no clear favorite, so um, maybe people are looking towards the over more to cash in. And you know, stupid things happen in the Super Bowl. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a, a safety on the first snap, or or you know, a kick return for a touchdown somewhere in there, or a big defensive play. Right. Because of nerves. Well, and also you have two weeks to prepare instead of one. Right. And the Super Bowl scores perennially are pretty high, right? Sure. Yep. For whatever reason, how many? What's the over under uh, for like the last ten Super Bowls? Do we even know? I'm not even sure what it uh, what what that ended up being, but it does seem like if nothing else, it seems like maybe because of the two weeks, one team gets out of the gate a little slowly. You know, like obviously Denver did last year, and they never never got back in it, but. That's what leads me to the next one. I like largest lead over 13 and a half. Anytime you could get it under 14, that's a gift. In four of the last five years, one team has led by 13 and a half or more. I kind of like that. That seems like a bet that usually wins yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, so yeah. I, I like that bet too. Um, yeah, last year was 51 points. The year before was 65. The two giants Pat Super Bowls went under. Packers Steelers went over. Colt Saints was forty eight. I think that went under. That's probably under, yeah. Uh Card Steelers was fifty points. Colts Bears was forty six. Steelers Seahawks was thirty one. I kinda blocked that Super Bowl from my mind. Yeah. Uh Eagles Pats was twenty four twenty one. In fact, I think the Pats have only played one Super Bowl that went over. Was that the Carolina one? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. there I think four of the five have gone under. What was that score? Was that twenty nine? What did they have? Yeah, that was thirty two twenty nine. But remember, at, remember, like uh, I think like all of those points came at the end of the game. Yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, that's that. I I just think uh, that seems too high to me. The biggest variable in this game, and I I think you could make a really convincing case that Wilson got a concussion in the first half on that play when Matthews crushed him. I'm sorry. What did he say? He what? I, I think Wilson might have gotten a concussion in the first half of that game, and oh. they and they hit it, and they didn't tell anyone because I got a couple good emails. I'm going to run one of them in Friday's Super Bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember that play when when he's running across and Clay Matthews just blindsided him, oh, and yeah. it seemed like a penalty, but they didn't call it. There's a clip on the internet of that hit, and he hits him shoulder to the helmet and just stuns him. Mm-hmm. And he and Wilson didn't do anything for like two hours after that, right? And and then kind of rallied, you know, at the end and, and got going. But I I wonder like it's not that he didn't do anything. He threw four interceptions. Where he was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I rewatched that game and with like four minutes left, his stat line was like nine for twenty four for four picks and ninety four mm-hmm. yards or something. So, right. you know, it makes me think like coming off that game, this is the case for maybe the game goes over. Coming off that game, maybe people think Seattle's offense isn't that good, but maybe Wilson was messed up in that game. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know be. what to well, think. You, you think a team would hide that from the from the media? You think that's that's possible that that would that would be so uh, so underhanded and not not make that uh, public knowledge? Well, maybe Wilson hit it, right. or maybe you know maybe Wilson just pretended he was fine when he wasn't. You know, it's mm-hmm. the NFC title game. It was a that yeah. was a really really hard hit. It's hard for me to believe there was no damage at all for that hit. I'd but, be bragging about it if I threw even one interception. I would blame something. If I if I threw four, I would say yeah. Take a look at this over and over. I think that's one variable, and the other variable I can't figure out is just what what kind of distraction this deflated football thing is for the Pats. 
Yeah. It, it just has to be a distraction. There's no way it's not. They're, they it's haven't a, been thinking just about the Seahawks. But you think that they, they use it to their advantage. It's, I, 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 and it seems like everyone throws that in. Everyone who likes the Patriots this week says, oh, Brady's going to be pissed off. He's taking this personally. There's no way, you know, no way he doesn't jump back from this. But, like, uh, Spygate was what? It was Super Bowl week the same, it was, right? It was two days into Super Bowl week, right? And, uh, well, and the Giants somehow ended up with a win. Well, but the Spygate really got was the first ten weeks of the season. They were riding that. I don't. I, I go back and forth on this. Like you would think, yeah, they're going to have an fu edge, but mm-hmm. it's the Super Bowl. Do you need an edge? Like, how much more fired up can you be to be in the Super Bowl? What, no, what other level is there? You're in the Super Bowl. Who do you think? Oh, I wish I could get fired up for the biggest right. game of my life. That said, Brady first pass completion minus one eighty five. Again, a heavy vig. But this is the easiest bet on the board. He's he's going to be pissed off. He's going to want to prove that whatever ball he's asked to throw is complete, at least the first time. That's a win. So you think it's like a short pass to Vereen yeah. or something? Sure. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. What's Screen that What's Vereen. that one, 185? Minus 185. But, you know, we could parlay some of these. You really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you about it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one we might want to parlay. It's, it's very, it's very high, big. But will one quarter be scoreless? We like no, right? I mean that's that's minus three hundred. Pats Giants two thousand eight. Before that, nineteen ninety eight Broncos Falcons. The last two times uh, uh, they had one scoreless quarter in the Super Bowl. Seems outrageous. The Pats do their history this season has been. They're one team in the first half, and they're another team in the second half. And I, I, I much prefer watching the second half Patriots. Right. So I don't. If you're gonna, if that's going to happen, it would be the first quarter, I think. Well, that's interesting because, as we know, the Seahawks in the second half has been a winning bet. I don't know, eight out of the last nine weeks or something. Right. So that's uh, that's some matchup. That's there. when they they all have salmon at halftime. They, right. They get exactly. some juiced up. No pun intended. Do you like uh, the Pats over two and a half touchdowns? Um, or you think that's what's, about right? What are the odds for that? Minus one sixty is the over. Yeah, not really. No, I don't love laying odds on props. It just seems All like right. I feel like we could have a side business where we just took the over for every prop, and I feel like you'd win seventy percent of the time. I see. It if just you took feels, the over, yeah. It just feels like with props, you always go over. It's like, oh, LeBron, 29.5 points, I'm going over. Nobody says, right. like, LeBron's going to score less. It, you know? No, it's true. It's true. It, yeah, but so, but if you like the game to go over, you would bet these. You would bet a lot of these over. You would. Yeah. The, the, like the one over that I was thinking, what's the Gronk over for uh, receiving yards? Um, that I seems like that. the safest Patriot prop. Uh, yeah, but on the other hand, I think everyone thinks that, and I, like I want to meet somebody who doesn't think Rob Gronkowski is going to have a good game in this game. So no, and he should. But over nine and a half for his first reception, over eight eighty-one and a half yards for the game, um, over twenty-one and a half is his longest reception. There's one bet where it's like uh, Gronk versus ba- Doug Baldwin. And he's like a 26 receiving yard favorite over Doug Baldwin, just head you to like head. That. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the Pats are going to just try to take out Baldwin completely. I think they're just going to put Revis on Baldwin and just eliminate him from the game, basically. Yeah, probably. But he's if he's good for one deep pass, and that's all that you know, Wilson usually needs out of that guy. 
The, the, I there know. was a couple props I was looking for that I couldn't find. I think Will Edelman score a punt return touchdown is a great prop, and I literally could not find it. Oh, I didn't see that one either. Yeah. Well, they have special teams touchdowns in there. What's that? You want, you, you want Edelman uh, specifically? No, I just think like Edelman to score a punt TD you would think would be like 20 to 1 odds, and I would bet that if it was 20 to 1. Right, yeah. Because no, I, I, don't, I don't think the Seahawks have a great special teams. I don't like right. their punter. And Edelman is one of the best punt returners ever and has a knack in big games for coming up big with a punt return. That's a pretty good one. I'll look for that. I didn't see that. Uh, I noticed John Ryan's shortest punt under 35 and a half yards is minus 115. That seems like a lock. Under? Under. Really? Isn't that a, a horrifically bad punt? Under yeah, 34 yards? All right, they're on the 45-yard line, and he kicks it to the 15, you know? Or That's just 39. That's that's over. I think. No, if he if he's on the if they're on the oh, Pats forty five and it's oh, like fourth and five or they're on the Pats fifty. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think that guy's shaky. Oh, I hate rooting for that. Yeah, I know. But you the, see, you the, don't the, like the that's, this is why you, nobody likes betting unders. That's, that's my true. Point. It's like that's true. Uh, yeah. How I, about uh, oh, I like this. Marshawn Lynch minus two and a half crotch grabs over Katy Perry. Oh. Bet under? How, no, how, we can't bet under that. We take the we take the grabs. I, Katy I, Perry. I would take Katy Perry's grabs. <laughs> okay, good. I think she has a couple in store for us. <laughs> uh, Brady longest rush three and a half yards over is plus one fifty. He's gonna have to scramble at some point. Doesn't matter what he ends up with. They're gonna they're gonna play the Pats conventionally, right? They're just gonna. Be in a pretty Straight basic up. defense with yep. with D backs and man to man cut. I don't know. I don't see him scrambling. He scrambles he had 13 usually. Thirteen versus Indy. He, scram- he had he scrambles he, when there's like seven defensive backs out there. He did, otherwise he won't do it. He, won't no, want to he runs a lot. He, five of his last six he had over three and a half yards as his longest rush. He had zero against Baltimore, but Brady has the flu right now. He does. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Is that what we're doing? We have to make excuses already? I'm not making an excuse. It's only Wednesday. That's true. If, he, if he's not fine by Sunday, it's more than the flu. <laughs> oh, I like this. Um, uh, three to one odds that fighter jets take out Adina Menzel for torturing us with the Let It Go song for the first first last two years. <laughs> That's got to be worth it, right? Can we chip in for that? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. She's not going to sing Let It Go, is she? No, no, no. Okay, but good. No, she yeah. better not. They, they they have to grab the mic from her if she does that. Is there any way to bet on what Katy Perry song she's going to pick for? Yeah, there is. There we, is. Um, we have no idea, right? No, no, there are odds. Let me find it. This, this is the not Pats, one of the weird ones. You know, the Pats well, have a history at the Super Bowl of whatever song is is played at halftime has some sort of symbolic significance toward what happened for the Pats in the game. Oh, I love this. How could Be- that be? Beautiful day, you too. It was a beautiful day. Uh, <laughs> it was a beautiful day. It was. It was. We were up by eleven at halftime, and you two came out right. and saying beautiful day. It was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> that was. I didn't know that was for them. That seems. Uh, the Carolina right. game. The Carolina game was just a hot mess. You didn't know what the hell was going on. I, I still can't believe that we won and all the stuff that happened. And that was the Nipplegate right. song. Um, the next national anthem, I can't even remember who played, much like I can't remember really anything that happened in that game. Uh, um, then the first Giants Super Bowl, free-falling. 
by Tom Petty. Oh, right. And then the second Giants Super Bowl, Madonna, Like a Prayer. Yeah. And ended with the Hail Mary that Gronk missed by half That's a That's true. So well, you could I, maybe that, apply this to almost anything, but yeah, I could see what you're saying. Listen, I don't think you're selling my theory enough. <laughs> All right, this is what. The, which song will Katy Perry perform first at halftime? Firework, 3-2. to two, Roar, 3-2. to two. This is how we do it. Uh, this is how we do 5-1. to one, Dark Horse, 12-1. to one, E.T., 12-1. to one, Wide Awake, 12-1. to one, Waking Up in Vegas, 20-1. to one. Yeah, I don't know any of the. But well, here's maybe, what happens with maybe these, Dark Horse. It's Dark who, who Horse. Was like, it, who, who was it last year? Who was the halftime singer? Uh, I don't know. Whoever it was, it was. Uh, they came out to a riff of one song, just just a few, just the chords, and then started singing another song. So it threw Vegas in a in a tizzy about which song they came out to first. Can't remember, who, did, who did it? I can't remember. But Cleto and the Cletones, I think. It was Cleto and the Cletones. But anyway, yeah. our friend Daniel, who I, I told him I never hate him more than the day after the Super Bowl. Every other day of the year is tied for second because he forces me to get these crazy bets in for him. Yeah. And it's like, and then he'll read something like a, like, like a third-rate blogger on a website that's not even going to be around in two months wrote that there was a tinge of orange in the Gatorade, even though it was mostly green. And uh, and he wants his money back. Like this is this is what happens with with Daniel. So, he just likes torturing you. We need to cut him off. Yeah. Did uh? We need to cut him off. Did uh? The Corolla's already in on the Pats. Yeah. Sorry about that. He's so getting Corolla, a, getting a point and a half. Corolla bet on the Pats at some point during the AFC title game, and then the whole tie, the whole football scandal happened like almost right oh, after yeah. he made the bet. I forgot about that. <laughs> Feels like there should be a way to bet on him. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't have Allison Rosen on this week. What, what's, what's the over under on Corolla's longest monologue without anyone else talking during a Super Bowl party? <laughs> Is it twenty five and a half minutes? I think uh, Corolla. Yeah, twenty five and a half minutes. Here's Uninterrupted. I was going to say he, he draws 5-5 five, five in the Super Bowl pool, and we hear him complain about it for uh, 96 and a half minutes. <laughs> that would be a Corolla move. What else do you got? What about this? Roughing the passer plus 120. I like really? That. I really like, I like that, that one, too. Somebody's going to rough the passer. Definitely. Right? Plus one what? Plus 120. I feel like I see that every game. I don't know. That's a really good one. I was going to ask you. Another good one, like I think there's going to be a few pass interference penalties in this game. Under uh, one and a half, lowest touchdown? What, what? what were we going to say? Well, just like how many, is there a pass oh. interference prop? Is there a total for pass interference yards? I think that would be interesting. Like what would that be? Oh, I'll Brandon find it. Bennett? I know there was like penalties was 10 or something. Total like 10 you, for the game. but If you asked every Pats fan, Brandon Brown are over under pass interference penalties one and a half. Where do you think that's going to go? I you think would say every over. Pats fan would be like, I want it to go under, but I feel like it's going to go over. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What about um, what about the safety? Three Talk years in a row. Guy, Joe, uh, uh, Jay Cornegie. The safety used to be a 10-to-1 odds bet. And not only has it happened the last three Super Bowls, it's been the first or last score in the last three Super Bowls, which you can get like 50 to one odds for each. We, we had it last year. Our friend, Darren, uh, our friend Daniel had it last year and the year before. But it's now hey, five I was going to say, 
It's five to one. Daniel bet it three years in a row, right? Yeah. Or two well, years just the safety row. to occur is five to one, but still, you could still get for like forty to one that it's the first or last score for either team. Yeah, that's fool's gold at this point. I know. I like that. Mm. Pats to convert a fourth down plus one fifty. Oh my god! Lock that one in. You like that, All right? It feels like they have two every game. They are the. I'm gonna say this. I'm not kissing your ass. I meant to say this last podcast. They are the best team in history on third and fourth and one. The best. Like It's like they need Thanks, eight buddy. and a half. It's first and eight and a half for them because on third and one and a half or fourth and one and a half, they're going for it, and, uh, and they make it. I, I, like want, I want to thank you for being the first person in 10 days to say something nice about the Pats. We appreciate it. <laughs> Come on. We appreciate it. We're, we're the new Cobra Kai. It's, nice. there, there's no going back. I've had, I've had it with people on all on any TV network going after the Pats. You have, right? Yeah, it's just enough already. It, and, it, and it's just it's funny how, how the people who have been taking shots of them in like 80 to 90% of the cases are people who have lost a playoff game to them at some point. Sure. I would love sense. to see the exact list. Like, oh the, oh, the Carolina Panthers GM has some thoughts on this. Oh. Yeah. Gee, yeah. didn't we beat them in the Super Bowl? Like, I've had enough of this whole right. thing. But let me ask it's you. The media old, at its worst. Old kidding and hypocrisy aside. Yeah. You must be scared that this nameless person of interest kind of holds the destiny in his hands, right? The dynasty, rather. And the destiny. Jacko and I discussed it yesterday. I think he's going to be a, a local hero. I, I, Jacko thinks he's going to be in the first duck boat at the Super Bowl parade, and I totally agree. <laughs> And uh, and I think he's going to open a really nice restaurant and or car wash in the Boston area with, with money that may or may not have been wired into his account. Oh, I could see that. Have yeah. an A one day. But what does he have to say for this to happen? He basically has to say that it was a practical joke that he, he initiated and only he initiated, right? Here's the thing. Everyone made a big deal about this bathroom trip. Mm-hmm. So he took a bunch of footballs into a bathroom for 90 seconds. Right. Here's my question for you. How long does it take to piss? Uh, if I'm holding the prop sheets, reading them, I, I, take, I take as much time as I can. I'm going to say if you go into the bathroom and take a piss and come out, it's about 90 seconds. So yeah. here's my theory. I think he went in the bathroom to piss because oh, that's really? what you do in the bathroom. You piss. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he had to go to the bathroom and he didn't want to eat. What's he going to do? Leave the balls outside the bathroom? This whole thing's absurd. The only and people are like, "Oh, he went in there and deflated the footballs." You're not going to be able to deflate twelve footballs in ninety seconds. I mean, no, no, no. That Phil Sims did on Inside the NFL. He, he kind of got through like three of them in in, in no time. It doesn't take a lot. Really? I don't know. I, I, it's stupid. Phil Sims, can't, stupid. Phil Sims can't even make a coherent point during a football game. He's going <laughs> to deflate footballs wow. on inside the NFL. Oh, um, uh, Phil Sims serves under seven and a half years for murdering Bill Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, I think the only way it makes sense is if they had 12 other footballs in the bathroom and he went mm-hmm. in there and swapped the footballs. Now, that that's, that would be kind of genius. That would make more sense. But I really think I've looked at this from every angle for 10 days, and I really think the referee – just touched the footballs and said they were fine and never actually measured them with the gauge. And I think the referees do that all the time. I don't think they have time to sit there and freaking measure each one of them. I think they feel them to make sure they're okay, and then they say they're fine. And mm-hmm. the Pats probably underinflated them a little. It's probably some 
equipment manager who's like, I'm going to be a hero. Brady likes the ball. It's not totally inflated. I'm going to put him below the PSI, and the ref won't check. But that's what gets me the, the crazy. Like, Brady actually said, like, I couldn't tell the difference. Like, that, I just don't believe that, and I do want to believe him. I don't care. I don't have a horse in the race here. I, I don't care. But a blackjack dealer could tell the suit of a card by the weight of the ink, and you're going to tell me Brady can't tell if he's throwing a – a ball with less PSI, more PSI. I just, I just don't believe. He's doing, it. he's doing a million things. Quarterback's the hardest job in sports. He's, he's reading defenses. He's getting plays in the headset. He's motivating people. He's trying to figure out what to do. Like, like, like when you're coming out on Kimmel Show and doing a bit, uh, are you thinking about? No, I mean, are you thinking like, wow, the guy put the mic, the mic on my shirt a quarter inch to the right? It feels like you're, you're just thinking about the bit you're gonna do. Probably. Probably. I, I, I think people people seem to think athletes are, are these superhuman species. And it's like he's got a hard job. And I, I just don't think if, you, if you're doing 100 things at once, I think it's conceivable that you didn't notice that the football was 7% less inflated. Well, Can you tell I'm in, so. full, I'm in full defending I know you, you have to defend it. I'm just saying you have this, this you know, you don't, this non-entity kid or whatever he is, person of interest, it, it's just it must be it must be demoralizing that he could he could ruin everything, whoever it is. I think man, it's, it would be totally Massachusetts and totally conceivable that some ball boy or equipment manager who was try, who loves Tom Brady and mm-hmm. knows that Tom Brady likes the ball a little lighter, mm-hmm. thought he was could get away with one by making him a tiny bit lighter than than the than the lowest limit because he didn't right. think he knew the refs wouldn't check because the refs never check. Right. And I think it's outrageous for the Colts. That's a blowout no matter what. Now, what, what I would say is, let's say the week before against the Ravens, the team who uh, apparently blew a whistle on the Pats, let's say the, the Patriots had a play where they, uh, they had a wide receiver throw the ball downfield in the cold conditions, you know, big spot that he's not used to. Yeah, you probably might, might want to have the ideal ball to throw in that situation. You might, right? you might want to. The, right, fumble, okay. the fumble stats that were online this week were pretty damning. Right. I the know. only comeback I I have comebacks for everything for every, any cocktail party or or any sort of situation. I have a comeback for anything you're going to throw at me now with the, with the Pats. Uh-huh. But um, with with that, Belichick mm-hmm. benches anyone who fumbles. That's right. Just ask yeah, Stephen Ridley. One. You fumble, you're out. He's he puts the, the fear one. of God. It's like you want to play, don't fumble. Right. And that's why the Patriots don't fumble. So that's what All I'm right, sticking with there. What about Belichick? Does he cut his sleeves? Because you can get plus one sixty five if he wears the sleeves. It's like minus one ninety if he cuts him of the hoodie. I think he classes it up and, and goes with the sleeves. I <laughs> you what a dumb thing to bet on. Bill Belichick's wardrobe. <laughs> that is true. I'm not that's not a made up one. I don't know. What do you think on that one? I, I I'm telling you, I think he wears I think he wants to look like a you know it's his his version of wearing a, a tie, a tuxedo. <laughs> But can I can I throw a couple at you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, Tim Wright over zero point five receiving yards plus one forty. You like that? I think yeah. that has a Hanaski kind of whiff to it. Okay, I was going to give mine in a minute, but yeah, all right. That's that's kind of my Win- Winaski mm-hmm. Hanaski. What was that guy's name? Yeah, Henry Hanaski. Yeah. Um, Tim Wright scores a TD and the Pats win the game is plus sixteen hundred. Oh yeah. That's pretty good. He's, you know how many TDs he scored this year? Four. Six. No, yeah? Six TDs. Wow. Um, and then here's That's good. 
I like the Edelman punt TD, but apparently there are no props. Sports, I'll find something for that. Sportsbook.com, just to sleep at the wheel. Yeah. Somebody nudge the car and spread the sportsbook.com <laughs> parking lot. Wake the dude up who makes the props. And then uh, and YouTube Bavada. Oh, yeah. It's weird. Why is Bavada? What does Bavada even mean? I don't know what that means. We're going to find out. It, it feels terrible. super illegal, yeah. Uh, yeah. But here's the other one I like. Gronk scores a touchdown. And the Pats win the game, plus 175. Yeah. That's a good one. Because if you're betting the Pats, if you're betting the Pats, Gronk's going to score a TD if they win, I think. Right. All right. Now, while you're on that, now we we cashed in on this once. When the Colts beat the Bears, the Colts' odds to win were much greater than what, what, what I'm saying is Peyton Manning for MVP was a much better bet than the Colts to beat the Bears. Yeah. And we, we recognize that, yes. and we bet it. Now, that said, Brady is plus 150. Wilson's 3-1. to one, Gronk is plus 750. I think those are the only three to consider right there. I See, I, I disagree. I think, really? I think Lynch has to be in that conversation, too. Uh, the recipe for the Pats to lose this season has been just somebody running it down their throats. And you could even see it. Forsett ran for 129. Um Chris Ivory had some moments where it was, looked like his career was being rejuvenated. Like you go, you go through the the Chiefs were able to run on him the whole game. Like that's my my fear with this game as a Patriots fan is Lynch just goes nuts. All right, I don't know. I like those three. I like those three. Well, if you're going to bet on the Pats, you should probably just bet on Brady to win the MVP. I would say because he's going to throw the Brady, ball. But don't throw that's plus seven fifty. If Gronkowski has three touchdown grabs, that's a good one. Yeah, I feel, don't you feel like the Seahawks are going to be like, it's almost going to be like the longest yard movie where uh, they're just going to be in the first quarter, like, let's take them out on a 15-yard penalty. I could see that, yeah. I Let think, me ask you this yeah. real quick. It was, what if this line were made after the Ravens-Pats game, after the Panthers-Seahawks game? What do you think the line would be? I think – well, we've talked about this. This this line is screwed up. I think the yeah. Seahawks would have been favored by three at any point until that Sunday when the the Pats look great against the Colts and the Seahawks look terrible against the Packers. Right. And, I, yeah, specifically the week before when the Pats struggled with the Ravens and the Seahawks pretty much handled the Panthers, I think that's three, three-and-a-half, bet up to four. So No question. And, and yeah. I, I think this line is off. I think the Seahawks should be favored. What do you um, think of this? Yeah. Let's, Pats by 7 to 10. Two, you know, popular numbers. 7 to 1 odds. Seahawks by 7 to 10, plus 750. You're, you're in it almost all game, right? It would be hard. It would be hard for the Pats to get blown out. It would have to be a game like that Chiefs game mm-hmm. where the offensive line just completely fell apart. Yeah. And and I don't know if Seattle's front seven is good enough to do that. And I think right. the Pats' offensive line is in much better shape than it was. The reality is the Pats haven't lost a game. They've lost one game in the past, what, three, three and a half months, at, and they lost that game by five points and could have won. The Packer game. And, and Seattle, I, I don't think Seattle's lost by 10-plus – like since Russell Wilson showed up, right? Isn't there some stat they've never lost a game by more than nine points? Um, Russell Wilson. That might be right. I don't think they they didn't this year, right? What they lost to the Chiefs? No, that wasn't by ten. No, they don't. The, the Seahawks yeah. don't get blown out. Right. 
So um, wouldn't it seem like, isn't there like a margin thing where you can do like one to three, four to six, seven to yeah, nine? Yeah, sure, of course. So you would do that? Yeah, think about it. The problem with those bets is then you're watching the game and they're in the, your head the whole time and you're rooting for I, the margin. I hate those. I think you just... Yeah, I think you just only put a couple grand on those and then just just try to forget about them. You know, a couple ten grand and then not even worry about it and then just try to sort it out after the game. There's a bet. I saw one of them. The, there's a prop bet about it's like Jeremy Lin against somebody. Jeremy yeah. Lin's like getting benched by Byron Scott lately. Oh, it yeah. Seems like, it seems like I want anything against Jeremy Lin right now. There's like this there are, whole uh, – yeah, I saw one I thought you might like. Knicks first quarter points versus the Lakers uh, versus Pat's points overall. Pat's plus one and a half. What are the Knicks going to score? 24, 26? Yeah, I mean, that would be unrealistic. Yeah. What about Tiger Woods' one of his teeth falling out versus minus 0.5 <laughs> over anyone's teeth falling out in Super Bowl 49? I like that. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Do you know that the Phoenix that? Oh. Open, the Phoenix Open, is called the Waste Management? The Phoenix Waste Management, Open? yeah. I love How is that. this not a bigger deal? It should be. It should be. Mm. Yeah, we discussed it on the show tonight on uh, on Kimmel. But um, yeah. how about this? Over under seven hundred and fifty two and a half New England fans named Smitty hospitalized from uh, self inflicted post game rioting injuries. No, Pats fans don't riot. We've won eight titles. We've eight Boston titles this century. There's no rioting. They're gonna riot. No. Um, this I, I don't like. It's bad karma, but Brady zero completions, one completion, two, all the way up to six is three hundred to one odds. You're, you're betting that he get hurt in the first two drives. Same with Wilson, zero, one, two, three, four, five, two hundred to one odds. So how do you celebrate that? You just you just throw your fist in the air and like you go, yes, get him a car, get him the cart. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, what about this? It's, it's equivalent to having a squares pool, but you have a little more control. Pick exactly how many points your team's going to score. Patriots 21 is 15 to 1. 24 is 12 to 1. 27, 12 to 1. 30, 12, 25 to 1. 38, 20 to 1. 50 plus 30 to 1. I, I like they They have predictable Super Bowl scores. They score 21, 20, 24, 14, 17. Right. I wouldn't do it with the Seahawks because they work field goals and safeties into it, it seems, but... I noticed that uh, forty-one to forty-five points total is four to one. You like it right in that range. Yeah. It feels like that's going to be in that range. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Under, but but just by a little bit. Um. um well, let me see. What happened? I hit here. Well, can we get to Hanaski? I'm. Re- I can't wait anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. All right. Just do it. Here we go. Can I say? I it thought up for about you? this a lot. Can I say? I it read up for you? a lot about this guy. He Wait, I gotta say, can I do my, let me do my yeah. setup for you. So what every year, every yeah. year, starting with like I don't know, five years ago, Sal found the most obscure prop bet he could find and went all in on it. And I think everything peaked. It was like Henry Hernaski will ru- It was rushing yards, zero point five yards or something. But you mm-hmm. lost it for like three years in a row, and then I think Hernaski came through. That was big. It was one year you I, had, the, like, was it John Kuhn or somebody the, even worse than him? No, it was worse. I had Gary Russell will not score a touchdown. It, <laughs> seemed, <laughs> it seemed easy, and not only did he not, he scored the first touchdown. That's right. Steelers that was to it. Beat, to beat the uh, Cardinals. And 
I now someone contacted me and or you. They're engaged as a result. They're now married. The guy's probably uh, divorced three times now over. But uh, he laughed when Gary Russell was at a Super Bowl party. He laughed when Gary Russell scored. A girl across the room laughed, and they decided to talk about it. And it was because of our stupid prop bet or mine. And they and got they, married. Now they're married. Now they're mad. Who not? Like I said, it could be gone. It could be done. Is they it? have two sons named Sal and Bill. <laughs> it's a flimsy premise to get married off in the first place, but so we. Well, here it is. So that's so you've been doing this since the Card Steelers Super Bowl. I think that's six years, right? Yeah, Gary Russell was the first one, and I think you right. missed the first three, but then Hanaski yes. came through, they and then, now you've been on a run. Right, right. I've been on a run. Here's what I'm taking. Michael Humanawanui, over mm. six and a half yards receiving, plus 165. <laughs> he was the all-corn belt conference selection, Chicago Sun-Times first-team all-staff selection, four for 43 versus the Ravens. He averages 2.8 yards a game, I'll say that. But against the tough defenses at Buffalo, 15 yards, at Green Bay, 23 yards. Like I said, versus Baltimore, 43 yards. I think Gronkowski gets... Banged up a little. Maybe has to sit a few plays. Camp Chancellor, they go helmet-to-helmet or something. I like this. It's plus 165, Simmons. Take it to the bank. That's good. That's only one illegal formation that's not actually illegal, That and he runs off the line and catches a seven-yard pass. Yes. Oh, can you imagine if he caught a seven-yard pass and then they finally say illegal formation? And it gets called back. News. Well, that was the, the, the unbelievable Packers, Seahawks, John Kuhn. Touchdown called back for 70 to 1. That's still the right. greatest gambling moment of the year. Yeah, that was big. That was I have big. a prop for you. Go ahead. That actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, went to dinner with your cousin last night. Right. Courtney Love came over to the table. Oh, no. Over under four and a half minutes for the conversation between Courtney Love and Jimmy Kimmel last night at I'm trying to, uh, LA gauge restaurant. Your, gauge your tone right now. Can I ask what what point in the uh, meal it was? What was in front of you guys? It's a fair question. Um, it was after the entrees. I'm going to uh-huh. say it was about 10 o'clock at night. And I, and I should also mention she was on a date with the bald guy from Shark Tank. I see. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to say under. People under. like to bet the over in these situations, but I'm going to go under. It went way over. It was what? like seven minutes. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was, I don't know what they talked about, and I'm not positive I want to know. Oh, you weren't that clo- close to him enough? I was, wow. I was talking. I was on the other side of the table. <laughs> was she sitting so, on his lap? No. Seven-minute conversation with between them. That's great. That's really good. I didn't know what to make of that. So, yeah, so you're off to a bad start. Maybe you lost that prop. Maybe you win it back on a I, – I think of all these that you gave me, yeah. that you gave us, that you gave America mm-hmm. – I think I like roughing the passer the most. You like roughing the passer. You like pass convert a fourth down. It's going to be a super physical game. Somebody's yeah. passer is getting roughed. I, I, maybe it's in my imagination, but I can't remember a big game I watched that didn't have a roughing the passer like the last time. Yeah. I wonder. I, like uh, I can't believe Courtney Love is coming to Jimmy's uh, Super Bowl party. It's you know, um, somebody sent me an email about how Russell Wilson. My my theory that Russell Wilson has replaced Eli as the luckiest pull the horseshoe out of his butthole quarterback right. of, in, in the league. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was saying, what kind of touchdown would Russell Wilson have to have in this game to top the helmet catch? 
what and would have to happen in the touchdown? Yeah, what, the- what what lucky horseshoe in the ass touchdown would Russell Wilson have to have to oh, actually top a sequence of events in the helmet catch? I think first of all, you need more holding penalties during the during the play that weren't called because you, you had three in the Giants in that play. Three different Giants were holding at various points, and none of them were called. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole offensive line would have to hold at some point during the play. Yeah, and I also think it would have to be some sort of cross between the helmet catch and the immaculate reception by Franco Harris. Right. So maybe it hits somebody's helmet. Bounces the other way, the Pats bobble it, and then Doug Baldwin catches it running the other way and scores, something like that, mm-hmm. as everybody in the Patriots' defensive line is being held. That's what I came up with. I like that, but let's make it a Hail Mary. Let's make Gronkowski in the end zone for defensive purposes. Hits oh. off his helmet, through Belichick's gray hoodie, sleeveless hoodie, uh, up uh, Katy Perry's pink dress skirt, and knocking over the green Gatorade into uh, Baldwin's hands. That's what I say. One thing, you, one, one prop you didn't come up with is, will anyone do a deflating the ball sell, touchdown celebration for either team? Oh. You know, don't, haven't we seen that? Haven't we seen someone pump a ball or something? Not, not for the def, deflate gate, obviously. But I, I it, feels like something the Seahawks, it feels like something the Seahawks will do during this game if they oh, score. Oh, yeah. If Richard Sherman, God forbid, runs one back with one arm, he's going to do it. How about um, which which uh, which one of these would you bet on to happen during the game with an announcer either in the pregame show or during the game? Mm-hmm. Somebody will mention how incredible it is that Pete Carroll is older than Bill Belichick. Oh, that's good. Or know that's true. Wow. Or somebody will talk about how articulate Richard Sherman is, and it will sound vaguely racist the whole time. No, oh, it's got to be. Someone on TV or at our, our Someone on party? TV. Yeah. <laughs> Someone on TV. <laughs> I have minus 300 for the second one. Yeah. That's a lock. People, middle-aged white guys can't talk about Richard Sherman without throwing in something about how articulate he is that may, immediately makes you uncomfortable. No, you have to. He went to Stanford. Right, he Richard, went to Stanford. You know, Richard Sherman is so articulate. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah. 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 That's, Jason that's Garrett to went to Princeton. I could show you 40, 40 plays uh, – <laughs> That uh, that proved that he's never watched a football game before. Nobody ever, nobody ever says like Tom Brady's so articulate. No, he is such an articulate guy. <laughs> Please don't tell me you're articulate, man. Yeah, oh, Richard Sherman, you're so well spoken. I oh love my it. god, I'm really excited for the Super Bowl. Is this is this one of the most fun Super Bowls ever? I mean, could there be more storylines? No, it's great. It really is great. And let me say something. There could be one more storyline. Why is no one talking about that the Aaron Hernandez murder trial starts tomorrow? <laughs> it's oh, one more chance for someone to throw Belichick under the bus. Hey, dog. <laughs> yeah, he knew. He saw the gun. Hey, dog. Crazy it, that that has to start that tomorrow trial. of all days. Did you, see, did you see or read about Francesa Khan at all? No, not too much. Why? Well, you should, first of all, you should read Katie Baker's. You sent uh, Katie Baker, yeah. Excellent oh, Grantland really? piece about it. Okay. But there's a video of all the fans are chanting that Michael K sucks. Right. <laughs> and Francesa dismissively waves at him and, and says something. He says something like, uh, nobody cares about him. <laughs> it's great. It's a, I love that he owned it. Francesa, like, who, who I felt like had less of a sense of humor about himself than maybe right. any celebrity had about themselves. Oh, definitely. Went, Went to Francesa Khan, posed with people with gray wigs and glasses. 
mm-hmm. and and generally had like a really fun time. That's great. Took we pictures. have to go next, but he probably won't keep going, right? We, we should have gone this year. Yeah, I had a very very fun time at Francesca Con. <laughs> Meanwhile, your boy Russo yesterday, or maybe the day before. Yeah, you'll you'll both love this and, and hate it at the same time. He's going off on Deflategate. He's going yeah. off on Commissioner Goodell. And instead of saying, Goodell, get your head out of your ass, he keeps saying, he said like four times, take your hands out of your ass, Goodell. Take your hands out of your ass. Take your hands out of your ass? <laughs> he screwed up the line, and he just and he kept going with it. <laughs> I'd never heard that before. And oh, he doesn't you... even swear either. He's crazy. The, the, we forgot about a prop. That's a prop, I think, on Bovada. Uh-huh. That Al Michaels will make a gambling reference at some point during the game, and it's mm-hmm. like, I think it's only like minus two hundred or something like that. The yeah. answer, Al Michaels making a gambling reference, he has to. I, I would I would be amazed if he didn't make a gambling reference. How is that not the easiest bet you can make? He has to with the over under at least, right? If it comes close, I guess I'll if do it doesn't come something. close, you won't. But he'll right? do like. Uh, you know, if a safety's first, he'll make it. Like, think of all the different scenarios that will make Al Mal- Michaels want to do a gambling reference. Yeah, that's true. No, you're right. And so, he was uh, on our show. He was on Kimmel uh, the other day. Another Bovada prop was over under times deflate gate is mentioned by Al Michaels slash Collinsworth. It was two and a half. And he announced to the crowd, take the over. And uh, it immediately, I think, went to three and a half, like three and a half minus 170 or something. <laughs> Al Michaels is big in the Caribbean. People are watching yeah. him 24 hours a day, making sure exactly. he's not affecting things. Um, so your gambling prop, Super Bowl prop thing is going up uh, tomorrow on Green. Tomorrow morning, yep. And then uh, you're making your Sports Center pick. I think so. Theoretically, I'll be in uh, Glendale Friday night on uh, the Friday night Sports Center to, uh, to give my All right, Super Bowl pick. And then we'll 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 do a podcast either Monday or Tuesday. Wrapping no, up. we're doing it Monday. We'll do it Monday if the Patriots lose. Uh, Tuesday if they win. How's that? No, I, I if I'm here, <laughs> I'll do it Monday. All right, David Beckham, L. McPherson on Kimmel tonight. Later in the week, Kerry Washington, Dave Salmoni, and Nayo, and that's it. All right, cuz. All right, buddy. Good luck, man. Michael Humamamu Nuude. That is a win. Over six and a half. That's the guy my dad called Humanuma. Really? Yeah. Tell you, I'm going to make your dad bet that one because that's such a winner. You should bet. Uh, well, I don't even know what prop my dad would do. Bathroom trips, really? I think, would be the best one for him. It would at least Which be one? five and a half. No, bathroom trips during the game would be like five and a half. <laughs> He's over one a quarter. All right, right. cuz, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Good job, Good job by you, Billy. Good job by you. All right, as promised, uh, the CEO, chief, president, whatever title you want to call it, of footballoutsiders.com, and somebody who's been coming on this podcast before the Super Bowl since 1965. That's how long I've had this podcast. Aaron Schatz, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's a special tradition. Um, This is, I think, one of the most fascinating advanced metric Super Bowl matchups I can remember, where you can really make strong cases for both teams and you can see the, the strengths and deficiencies and all that stuff. You've been crunching the numbers. You've been looking at it. You watch a ton of football. Just first of all, what do you think? Where are you leaning? Okay, so it's the closest Super Bowl matchup. From what I can tell, this is the closest Super Bowl matchup of all time. Wow. At least going back to 1989, 
in our weighted, uh, the weighted DVOA going through the playoffs. So, you know, cutting out the strength of the earlier games when the Seahawks were only 3-3 three and three and the Patriots were only 2-2 two and, two and adding in the playoffs, the difference between these teams is, is like 1% in our ratings, which is the smallest going back to 89. Um, you know, I don't have my ratings for 81 when the line between San Francisco and Cincinnati was only a point. Um or like 1970 or other close ones, but this is this is really close. And the line reflects it, since the line is basically a pick'em. Yeah, I mean a minus one in the Super Bowl, right? It's Patriots minus one in a lot of places. Yeah. But given the the very rare that games finish with a one point difference, that's basically a pick'em. Yeah. You can't have any kind of a tie. Um, this is really, really, really close. Yeah, you know, the, the, the two times that the Patriots have been on the Super Bowl and I've come on your podcast, they had the much better numbers. Although in 2011, I believe I picked the Giants because of sort of the way things were trending and because of the Gronk injury. Yep. This time that is not the case. These teams are really equal. We had, we had a legendary uh, podcast before Super Bowl Forty Two. Which yeah, are arguably, this time. <laughs> arguably the most overconfident uh, duo of Patriot fans or any fans of any team ever just talking on a recorded podcast for way too long. And uh, Yeah, I feel very confident this time that the Patriots have a 50% chance to <laughs> We have tempered, <laughs> tempered expectations in, uh, in 2015. Would you agree that um, Gronk having a good game when you look at the Seahawks and how they've defended tight ends and you look at Gronk and how important he is to the Patriots, that would be a pretty safe bet that he's going to catch some footballs and have some receiving yards in this game. Yeah, because it is it is their sort of a relative weakness for them. Although, you know, I should point out, the Patriots are a lot worse against the tight end than the Seahawks are. So if you've got your Luke Wilson with two L's over under prop, you might want to go over. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Keanu Fahey, who writes the film room column for us, wrote a little bit about how the, the Seahawks don't really change what they do. Yeah. The Patriots change what they do to try to, to attack the weaknesses of the other team and limit their strength. The Seahawks do what they do, and they say, look, we do this better than anyone else. We're just doing it. Man, we're just going to do what we do. And so I don't see them massively changing their coverage schemes to cover Gronk. If they did, I'll tell you who might be a really interesting guy to look at would be Tim Wright. Because if, if they massively change the cover scheme and try to like put guys on Gronk special, uh, but then the Patriots come out with some tight formations and they run a lot and they've got Tim Wright in there and they send him out, that could be, you know, he could have a big game. Sal but I, I mean, you know, Gronk, Gronk is the guy. I mean, Gronk is the weapon. Sal and I just did a props pod and I specifically brought up Tim Wright. Tim Wright scores the TD Pats win the game is plus sixteen hundred. Tim Wright over zero point five receiving yards is plus one forty. <laughs> you're getting you're getting you're getting good odds just that he catches one yard. So yeah, I, I, I agree mean with I might you. take that, and if there's one on Homanu Anui, I might take that too. That was Sal's big bet was six point five yards over for Homanuanui. Uh so Luke Wilson who I am actually afraid of as a Patriots fan, and I felt like he was coming on as, as the year went along. He's only he's only 36 and a half yards 
for uh, for yep. receiving, and that that seems way too low. I would have guessed like fifty. Yeah, that, that he, it's a weakness of the Patriots, especially yeah. if you consider that they're likely going to need to use either Hightower or Collins to spy Wilson. Yes. Well, the, the Patriots have two weaknesses that I'm afraid of, and one of them is one that I'm not positive the pa- the Seahawks have the right guy to exploit unless unless you think Lynch can do what he did down the stretch in the uh, Packer game. But that little wheel route, the Pats haven't covered it all season to the running back. The little delayed lob pass. Wilson's really good at throwing it. They almost scored during the comeback on that play, and I think they ran it a second time. Um, that's a play that can really hurt the Pats, and I actually think – I mean, Lynch is the guy in this game that's, that is just a, an amalgam of, of types of backs that hurt the Pats, don't you think? He's a great player. He's a great player, and he's a reasonable receiver too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. He, uh, I'm looking at his total receiving. The, the Patriots were actually slightly above average covering running backs this year, but that's mostly dump offs. You're right. right about that wheel route. They left that thing open a lot. If you think about Kyle uh, Uzcheck, right? Yeah. Was there was nobody on his side when he caught the ball? In well, the, in the Ravens. That the Packers. How many times did the Packers run that play on them? Yet uh, Lynch is only. Lynch is 88.5 receiving yards, and then he's um, for total uh, – where I had the receive total receiving yards, 21.5. I feel like he'll get that in one catch in this game because they're going to run that play. It's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised. Nikovic is going to be, be running two yards behind him. and uh, So you have weighted DVOA and then normal DVOA, and weighted DVOA is a much better indicator because it captures – how teams are coming on as the as the year well, goes the along. The funny thing is, if, if you go back in history in the playoffs, total has actually been slightly more accurate than weighted. But by common sense, it seems like weighted should be more accurate, especially because with these teams, there are reasons to believe that what we saw early in the season is not what we're seeing now. I agree. I agree. Um the last two years, the one seed from each conference has just ended up playing each other in the Super Bowl. Remember we had that whole run where it was like every year there was the, the Wonk team that made the Super Bowl? This year yeah. the Wonk team hasn't been able to make it, and it's kind of been going chalk. Is that just a coincidence what, or is it something happening? I think it's a coincidence. I think that the period of time with all those crazy like 8-8 eight and 9-7 eight and nine and seven teams making it far was, was a little bit of uh, you know statistical noise on one end. And I think the last two years, you know, it's only two years, but it's a little bit of statistical noise on the other end. I think more, it's more the early 90s when it seemed like it was the number one seed every year out of both conferences was a little, that was a little abnormal too. I think the more likely it's just over time, you'll have a mix. But usually the one or two seed is going to make it because the one or two seed is the best team and they get the home game. So do you have Seattle as a better version versus last year's team, which team was better in your opinion? Oh, last year's team is better. Okay. That's not even a question. Right. Um, and what about um, the Pats versus the other five Super Bowl teams for the Pats? Um, uh, this Pats team is, I would say, better than 2001, certainly. Um, not as good as 2007. Um, 
I think in our in our total rating, I'll have to look for a moment here. We'll uh, see of where they stand compared to the other Patriots teams. But I mean, look, 2007 was very very special, and obviously, what happened to them at the end was a shock. But that was you know one of the one of the five or ten best teams in NFL history. But wouldn't you say the 07 team was almost like two teams? There was like the pre Sammy Morris or the pre Sammy Morris injury 07 Pats, and then the post 07. Sammy yeah, I mean, the packed. defense also began to tire at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you look over the course of the season, yeah, they weren't as good at the end as they were at the beginning, and this team is the opposite. This team is very close to 2011, yep. but it's stronger. They got stronger at the end of the season than 2011 got. And a I much better secondary. 2004. I don't think they're as good as 2004. I think of all the Pats teams, the first 10 games of 07 was the best Pats team I've ever seen. I think the 04 playoff team was the best Pats team, period. Yeah. You said the secondary. This, this team compared to 2011, this team is not as good on offense, but they're much, much, much better on defense. That 2011 team made the Super Bowl and was 13-3 and despite being 30th in defensive DVOA. They had, I, I mean, it was just Band-Aid after Band-Aid in the secondary. And guys that, that just offense, aren't on the offense, team anymore. Offense. Yeah, that was the the Gronk Hernandez, and you know they and they should have won the Super Bowl. I mean they they had it. They were over midfield with the ball with the with the best offense in the league in that game. They should have ended it, and they just didn't. But uh, what about the what about the part where the the Pats have a certain type of team that defeats them? It's a team that rushes, you know, rushes three or four guys has enough defensive backs around to shut down people that take out Gronk. Um, they don't have to blitz to get a pass rush. Wouldn't you say the Seahawks is that kind of team? Are that kind of team? Yeah, but the big difference between this year's Seahawks and last year's is the amount of pass pressure. Even when they improved their pass pressure in the second half of the year, they still were not bringing anywhere. Last year they were off the charts with pass pressure. Yep. No one else brought anywhere near as much pass pressure as they did. I don't have the numbers right in front of me right now, unfortunately. Uh, but the, yeah. the ESPN stats and info numbers, the, the quarterback under duress last year, they were like total outliers. This year, they're only like, you know, 10th or whatever in the league. And now that breaks into, you know, being stronger in the second half of the season than the first. But th- this team does not bring as much pressure as last year's Seahawks do. And as far as having everybody to cover everyone, if they play their usual cover three, I don't know if that's true about Gronk. And I don't know if that's true about whoever's on the side with Byron Maxwell. The fact is that Sherman and Lane were much better than Maxwell this year in coverage. Yeah. Well, didn't you feel like watching that Packers game? This would, If I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm worried about this. I didn't get a ton of pressure in that game. And Rodgers couldn't move. And even it, it felt like there were lanes. Once they figured out that Rodgers couldn't move, I think they, their defense shifted a little bit. But they, it seemed like... Healthy Rodgers, I feel like, would have scrambled a ton, you know, maybe eight, nine times in that game. You saw Newton scrambling the week before. And that, that Panthers game, even though it ended up being a blowout, was, was interesting for about a quarter and a half. Brady's been a little friskier with, if you're going to let him, just give him the whole side of the field to run for seven, eight yards, he's going to do it. So I wonder if, if that, that Packers game was a tiny bit deceiving for, for, yeah, for the I Seattle mean- defense. The, the other thing I'd say is that the Patriots' offensive line has been so much better this year. We have the under-pressure column on our site right now. J.J. Yeah. Cooper looks at the, the two offensive lines, 
And from week five to week 15, you know, he looks at every sack and reg- you know, registers blame on every sack. In that period, the interior three of the Patriots offensive line allowed half a sack. Wow. Then they had injuries in week 16, and then they sat people in week 17. So forget those two games. The interior part of the Patriots line was really strong for most of the year once they got past those first couple of games. Um, so I don't know if the Seahawks can bring the amount of pressure that the Giants brought in those two Super Bowls. Now, I don't they think have they a can either. They have a better secondary. And oh, the other thing that Seahawks fans, Seahawks fans can be like, oh, you know, would Rodgers have scrambled all over us last week if he had been more mobile? But they also could say there's no way Russell Wilson is having a game like he did in that game again this week. It is so unlikely that he's that bad again. So unlikely. So since you're a Patriot fan, even though you're objective on footballoutsiders.com and you're, and you're more than willing to – to to, to uh, criticize the Patriots if they deserve it, I still have to ask you about the the, the deflated football thing. So you, you have the um, floor for a I, minute. I, I will say first of all that one thing I often say is that it's, it's not my fault that the team I root for has been good since I started doing this. Yep. <laughs> when I started in two thousand and three, I did not think I would be doing this still twelve years later as a living, and I didn't think the Patriots would still be winning twelve years later. The day will come when Belichick and Brady retire and this team goes 4-12, and 12, and believe me, uh, I will criticize them. Yeah, I had I joined ESPN.com. I wrote my first column for them in the spring of 2001. They gave me a job in July of 2001, and Mo Lewis wiped out Drew Bledsoe two months later. So basically the entire time I've been on ESPN.com, Brady and Belichick has been a thing. And right. I, I mean, you know one of the best three coaches of all time and one of the best three to five quarterbacks of all time. And they just kind of merged right then. So right. I'm with you. We there we, there we will never be a time this, this team goes five and 11. Yeah, it's going to happen. Anyway, um, what do you think? As happened? far as the deflated footballs, um, I, my summary is, first of all, I'm, I, I can't, I'm really annoyed at the way this has turned into a bunch of leaks instead of any facts. We honestly don't know any facts. We only know leaks. We only know rumors. We only know insinuations and accusations. But let's say that, you know, that dude went into the bathroom with the footballs and deflated them and all that. I think what happened here is that everybody drives 70 on the highway and that the Patriots just got ticketed for going 85 and they should pay the ticket. But the fee is not execution in the public square. Very fair. Do you think that the history, the the history of this? Sorry about that. The history of the team has not helped, and certainly has played a much bigger factor. People keep talking about the history of the team, but when they talk about the history of the team, they talk about a lot of unproven accusations. Well, really, the history of the team is in two in the first game of two thousand seven. They taped the coaches' hand signals from the stands, which was illegal. They got caught, and they. They lost a first-round pick. Right. But that rule was put in place that year that you weren't allowed to do that. Correct. Um, People also think they tape practices, which was disproven. That was written and then retracted. Um, It it wasn't disproven. It was not disproven, but the article was retracted by the newspaper that wrote it. 
Right. Which, in my opinion, is kind of a means it was probably disproven if they had to retract it. Right. It certainly it wasn't was true. not proven. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe they did it. But like, you know, think of all the different things teams have been accused of. Remember in the whole middle of last decade, the Colts were accused of pumping in fake crowd noise. And every all these the, teams search for these the, subtle edges. The Chargers were fined for using stickum two years ago. What about uh, – remember there was that one Pats game in Indy? I think it was 2006 or 2007 when all of a sudden the Pats headsets didn't work for the entire game. In oh, Indy? yeah. Man, there have been so many accusations about that between different yeah. teams. Every time that happens, someone makes an accusation. That happens all the time. Right. Um, I, you know, and also you, people talk about the culture around the Patriots, and I've had people tweet at me and mention Aaron Hernandez. Well, okay. Right. As long as you're going to blame Bill Polian for Ray Carruth, I'm okay with you mentioning Aaron Hernandez. As long right. as you believe Bill Polian should not be in the Hall of Fame as the man who built the Colts and the Panthers and the Bills that sent them all to the Super Bowl because he drafted Ray Carruth and didn't realize that the dude was psycho. Okay, fine. But nobody, I mean, come on already with this nonsense. I would say every every team has probably a, a guy that they've come to regret drafting who, who turned out to be <laughs> a little morally a shaky. Psycho. Yeah, the, the, yeah if, you know, yeah. I, I, the Hernandez thing, I, that, I, don't even, I don't even consider that a real thing. For, the, for the other criticism. thing I'll that say that could happen to any is, team. I don't like the spread of this stat analysis proving that the Patriots' fumbling rate is an outlier, and that that proves they cheat. Right. All that an outlier proves is an outlier. Well, Sal and I just talked about this. So, Belichick benches anyone who fumbles, and it's and I. I in my opinion, went a little overboard with it was Stephen Ridley, um, who was the be- who was probably the best all around running back in the league, and just would go long stretches of not playing because of he'd fumbled twice. Like if he- if Belichick had done that with Demarco Murray, like what he's going to play the backup the whole season because Demarco I- Murray. I assume three you times? just meant. I assume you just meant the team, not the league, right? What do you mean? <laughs> I think I heard you say the best in the league. You meant the team. Right? I meant the team. Team. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I don't want anyone getting angry at you. Yeah, yeah, I'm at the team. Like... No, he's the best yeah. all-around back in the team. But that's a that's a, a one of those weird Belichick quirks. He hates fumbling. You are not allowed um, to fumble on his team. You pay major repercussions. And I think that it has to have, at least have a little bit of it. These guys are terrified to fumble. And Patriots, when they're running in the open field, they're always holding onto the ball like they're holding onto a baby. Here's the thing. If you look at Fumble rates, uh, even if you don't correct for what type of play we're talking about here, because obviously certain types of plays have fumbles more than other types. But if you only correct by removing games indoors, rather than what the original Warren Sharp guy did, which was that he eliminated dome teams altogether. Yeah. If you look only by only at outdoor games, the Patriots are not an outlier. There are two outliers, which is Atlanta and the Patriots, and an outlier on the other side, which is Washington. So now you have three outliers, not one. And Washington was poorly coached. And here's the other thing. People are talking like, oh, fumbles. Oh, look at the fumble rates. The Pats fumbled three times in that Baltimore game. Twice in traffic, which they miraculously recovered. And then the third time when Vereen's knee was down 
you know, one-tenth of a second before he fumbled. But the ball was on the ground three times in that Ravens game. So if they were playing with deflated footballs, it didn't help in that game. I think the most important point is what Neil Payne said today at 538. He had a good roundup of the uh, various pieces that have been written to disprove the we've proved the Patriots are cheating article. Yep. And his point, which is the point I have been trying to make on the Twitter, is outliers are not proof of cheating. They're just proof of outliers. And it's a ridiculous and depressing world that we would live in if any time a team was really good for a long period of time, we assumed that they were cheating. Very fair. The uh, Anyone in the numbers community is very sensitive about um, outliers being used to prove in big picture, to try to prove big picture points. That's something Correct. that uh, I think we've spent the entire century reeling against. Um, Correct. Yeah. Aaron Schatz. Hey, are, you you follow, you, you like other sports other than football, right? Well, you know, uh, I'm still a pretty big baseball fan. Um, I wish I could pay more attention to basketball than I do, but I just don't find the time, which is too bad because I love all the basketball analytics guys. They're great guys. And I like watching basketball. It's exciting now that Pat Riley doesn't coach a team anymore. Right. Well, because I was going to say that the the basketball stats are getting really interesting. And I, I think – Oh, what? I think – I just think basketball, the metrics are, are kind of moving into a position for this decade like what happened with the football last decade. Where? I love, well, I mean, way past what happened with football. The thing about basketball is that the teams are basically all together decided, let's collect a lot of data, and whoever has the smartest guys will analyze it the best. In well, football, they, everybody's still so, like, everybody's still doing their own thing, so separate, that there right. isn't, like, a big pool of data. Oh, my God, it's a wonderful world for basketball analytic people. It truly it's been, is. And I don't love all the stats, but I think a lot of them are really interesting. And you're right. In football, they, they tend to hoard a lot of the data. But I also think that in the last decade, you know, we got so much smarter about football. And it, it ranged from stuff like, hey, actually, you should go for it on fourth and one to to things like, hey – I know, I know it's week eight and this team is three and five, but actually they're one of the top five teams in the league statistically and had really bad luck in these games and things are going to turn around and then it happens, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think in basketball, they're doing a much better job of figuring out what makes players valuable. And somebody like Kyle yeah. Korver, who 15 years ago, people would have just said, yeah, that guy shoots threes really well. Now you can actually – quantify the impact he has in a game just by the spacing he creates for teammates and things like that. And it's really cool. It's a cool era, I think. Oh, it absolutely is. It really, I'm, I'm, I very much admire the stuff that they do in basketball. Unfortunately, I just have a really hard time. Um, like baseball is a sport you can kind of watch while you're doing other stuff. Like I can be working on stats for our book every April and May and be watching yeah. the Red Sox. Right. You can't watch basketball and do something else. Hey, here's the part of the... Moving. Here's the part of the podcast where I ask you to make a pick and you don't make one, but you say like one of the teams is slightly better chance of doing what you think is going to happen than the other team. Okay. Uh, here's, here's the do. Uh, I had to pick for the ESPN experts page mm-hmm. uh, and I picked Seattle. And the reason why is because we have looked and 
it does seem that when the top when a top offense plays a top defense, the top defense does tend to win more often than not. Right. That being said, Tom Brady actually has a very good performance record against the top defenses in the league over the last few years. If you adjust for opponent, he's been better against the top defenses than he has been against average defenses. Right. Um, but it was sort of a like, if you're sticking a gun to my head and making me make a pick, I took Seattle, but it's really 50-50. Would you, the over-under is 48 do you like a high-scoring game, low-scoring game, or somewhere right at 48? My predicted score was 23-20, so somewhere something about 48. Yep. Yeah, that's what I think. I think that over-under is a, a field goal too high. And I actually think the Seahawks should be favored. Because... But I don't, but I don't, but I don't, I mean, but three three points of thinking that it might be a little too high is not enough, certainly, for me to ever want to put money on. I think the Seahawks should be favored by two and a half. That was the line I picked um, the day after the two conference title games. And for whatever reason, a lot of Pat's money rolled in, I think because they looked so good against the Colts and the Seahawks didn't look good enough against the Packers. But if you if you made that Super Bowl line the previous week, the Seahawks would have been favored by three. I, I don't think we should have overreacted to that weekend like we did. Um, yeah, but I still think it's pick. Maybe Seattle by one. I mean, it's really close. I will say, uh, one argument I don't like, and this is a non-statistical thing, uh, one argument that I don't like is the idea that the Patriots are going to come out so angry because of the defending calls nonsense. It's the Super Bowl. Because it's the Super Bowl, right? If it was week two, it, it's not that I don't believe in the idea of players having incentive and players yeah. being emotional. If it was week two, yeah, okay, it's the Super Bowl. I think Seattle has got a lot of incentive to come out. I think they're going to be pretty pretty pumped and jacked, and also jacked and pumped. And I don't think that the Patriots are going to be any more jacked and pumped. Than the I know. Can you believe we're having a Seahawks Pat Super Bowl, and Pete Carroll going against New England is not even a storyline because there's so many other great storylines. It really does. I just it really does bring home what a bad general manager Bobby Greer was. Oh right? my God! Those drafts were so bad. Those I remember, drafts were so bad. I remember writing about them on my old site and just having a heart attack every time I made the list of all the picks he screwed up. Uh, we have I to go. Think, oh, go ahead. Yeah, Pete Carroll, was, Pete, Carroll, let me just say, Pete Carroll was not as good a coach here as he has been in Seattle. He Well, the team got worse I mean, every year, like and it was we loaded. Something about it. It, was, it was a loaded team, and he did a bad job with it. Um, yeah. And eventually we went – I think that we're six and ten, like his third year. It was inexcusable with the talent they had. But at the time, we also thought Bledsoe was probably better than he was, which. But I like think Belichick, was... he learned, and he was better in his next job. Yes. All right, Aaron Schatz, check him out on FootballOutsiders.com. He'll be breaking down the Super Bowl all weekend, going to the Super Bowl. Enjoy yourself. Thanks as always for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Thank you for downloading the BS Report with Bill Simmons. Too much fun. Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at PodCenter at ESPNRadio.com. Peace out.